On this episode of Rev Hang, Ben and I do our mid-season review of the 2023 motorsport season. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rev Hang. I'm Nathan, and alongside me virtually is my good friend and co-host, Ben Bagley. How you doing, Ben? Good. Uh, finally started to get the office set up. Got my, I'm back to recording on the desktop with an actual microphone, so I am super excited for this podcast. Solid stuff. Glad, uh, glad you could be here uh, in full swing. All of your setup done. That is always nice to get that, uh, get that fully done. I am also working on getting myself upgraded into a new PC. So we are, we are modernizing here at RevHang and uh, <laughs> looking to the future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we have a bunch of things to talk about. Uh, this is the mid-season review podcast. We don't. Uh, we do have two races to talk about in the IndyCar series, but nothing in Formula One this week uh, in terms of races. But we'll start with IndyCar and the Music City Grand Prix in Nashville from a few weeks ago. Uh, qualifying the top ten were Scott McLaughlin, Pato Award, Colton Herta, Alex Pillow, David Malukas, Roman Grosjean, Will Power, Kyle Kirkwood, Joseph Newgarden, and Alex Rossi. Uh, moving into the race, McLaughlin extended his lead early on and put pressure on the rest of the field. David Malukas had a rear wing failure on lap 12 after a fantastic start, causing a caution. Uh, Colton Herta got hit several times on the restart and forced into the wall. He was then forced to pit, which ruined his race. Unfortunately for him, he is the king of bad luck this year. Uh, Kyle Kirkwood caught up to McLaughlin and took the lead through pit stop strategy. Uh, Pillow also caught up to the two leaders on a risky fuel saving strategy and was trying to hit this crazy fuel number all throughout the end of the race. Uh, Linus Lundqvist hit the wall with 10 laps to go, bringing out the caution flag, and Jack Harvey hit the wall under caution in Roman Grosjean style. Uh, the race restarted with 7 laps to go, and there was a big pileup on the restart, bringing out the red flag, because IndyCar likes to red flag the race really close to the end so that they can finish under green. Uh, the race restarted as a four-lap shootout to the end, and it ended uh, with Kirkwood in front, followed by McLaughlin and Pillow. Um, so that was the top three. Fourth and fifth were Joseph Newgarden and Scott Dixon. Six through ten was Grosjean, Erickson, O'Ward, Lingard, and Power. Eleven through fifteen was Castroneves, Eilat, Armstrong, VK, and Rahal. 16 through 20 was Hunter Ray, Stingray Rob, uh, Ferrucci, Rossi, and Canapino. And then 21 through 27 were Herta, Rosenqvist, Peterson, Harvey, Lundqvist, DeFrancesco, and Malukas. And I do believe that Colton Herta was the last of the finishers. Um, quite possibly. <laughs> yeah, there's always a chance. Yeah, there were there were a lot of DNFs, especially at the end of the race. But it was not the Nashville that we know and love this year. Uh, no, it. I had my popcorn out. I was all ready, and I was. I mean, it was an okay race, but it wasn't the Nashville I was used to from last year for sure. Yeah, it's usually been absolute carnage uh, the last two years, um, and it was kind of shaping up to be that way in the practice sessions and qualifying because it rained for like the entire weekend before the race and then when the race happened it was nice and sunny 
super hot, uh, no moisture on the track, and uh, honestly, the all the treachery came from the marbles offline. And I will say the marbles, uh, with all of that green flag running, were absolutely insane. Yeah, they were actually just undone by the amount of good racing there was. Yeah. It was not, uh, not any crazy pileups or anything like that. I mean, we had a small three car one, but that's a lot smaller than what we had uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, for sure. It was uh, usually we're we're used to carnage in Nashville, but that's not not the way it was this year, which is fine. We can't you can't ask for carnage every year always. Um, I remember that's how we felt. The F one community felt about Baku after the first couples a couple of races there. They thought it was just going to be craziness all the time, and then it seems like it's about 50-50 once it leveled out. Yeah, if we ask for it too much, we're going to start sounding like NASCAR fans. and <laughs> Right. Well, that's not a NASCAR podcast. No, no, not yet. Maybe in the future, but <laughs> uh, I doubt that very much. Um, but, yeah, so not, not a banger like we're used to, um, but it was still, a I would say, a good race from uh from just a uh ob- objective point of view um yeah i was tempted to play a a drinking game called take a shot every single time herda hits the wall <laughs> you would have taken like four shots at the same time and that would have been it <laughs> <laughs> would have died <laughs> uh but yeah so that that kind of wraps up um the nashville grand prix uh, let's move on to the IMS Road Course Race to the Gallagher Grand Prix. Uh, go through the top 10 in qualifying. It was Graham Rahal, Christian Lungard, Alex Rossi, Pato Award, Devlin DeFrancesco, Roman Grosjean, Marcus Armstrong, Alex Pillow, Felix Rosenquist, and Scott McLaughlin. Uh, at the beginning of the race, DeFrancesco sent it, absolutely sent it around the outside of Graham Rahal and took the lead of the race. Dixon, Newgard, and Grosjean, and Armstrong got into an accident on lap one, causing a caution. I don't think... I think Armstrong might have DNF'd there. Uh, no, actually, he didn't. Um, I don't know if there were any DNFs then. I don't think there were. Oh, yeah, Rosenquist DNF'd. Oh. Uh, oh, and Peterson DNF'd, but he pulled in at the very end of the race. So, um, two DNFs, but none of them were caused by that accident. Um, Rossi made progress all the way up to P3 by lap 9. Uh, Graham Rahal also took the lead on lap 9. Dixon managed to cycle his way to the front of the field after a fantastic pit stop strategy in the middle of the race. Uh, Rahal caught up to Dixon by the end of the race but couldn't pass him, and so our podium was Dixon, Rahal, and O'Ward. I felt so bad for Graham Rahal. I wanted him to win so bad. He was doing so good. It was awesome to see him because he's usually not that far up. Yeah. Yeah. So to see him have such a a commanding race. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been six years since he's won a race. He used to win races all the time. Um, I would love to see him win a race again in the the near future. Uh, That was kind of his... One shot, though, I'm afraid. Um, but, you know, maybe he'll... He has been faster the last few weeks, uh, closer to the front of the field, so maybe he'll get another shot. Um, but yeah. I did feel bad that Scott Dixon had an absolute masterclass of a race after starting basically at the back after having that accident on lap one. 
Um, but yeah, absolutely insane come dra comeback drive from Scott Dixon. Uh, I don't know if we went through the results yet. I don't think we did. Um, so podium was Dixon Ray Hall Award. Fourth and fifth were Lungard and Rossi. Six through ten was Power, Pelot, McLaughlin, Kirkwood, and Erickson. Eleven through fifteen was VK, Lindqvist, Herda, Harvey, and Castro Neves. Sixteen through twenty was Malukas, Eilat, Grosjean, De Francesco, and Hunter Ray. Twenty-one through twenty-five was Canapino, Stingray, Rob, Ferrucci, Armstrong, and Newgarden. And then twenty-sixth and twenty-seventh, I believe they were both DNFs, were Peterson and Rosenqvist. Um, yeah, Will Power had a pretty good drive too. He did very good drive. See, he started in all the way back in sixteenth. Yeah, all the way made it all the way up to sixth. Uh, Joseph Newgarden did not have a good race, which mm. he absolutely needed, but he finished twenty fifth, walking away with only five points. Um, so that was a massive hit to his championship hopes. There are only what four races left, three or four. Yep. Uh. I think three actually at this point. Um, yeah, because we've got Gateway this weekend, and then Portland, and then Laguna Seca. So there's only three races left. Um, yeah, I I like to be optimistic about things, but I don't think there's any way he's catching up. What is it, eighty-four points to Alex Polo? That's no, more than that now. No. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, speaking of which, let's segue into the standings. Um, Alex Pillow is sitting at 539 points. Scott Dixon in second place is at 438 points. And Joseph Newgarden in third is at 434 points. Oh, so yeah, okay. Pillow has over a hundred point lead at this point, 101 points to second place, uh, with an average of about 52 points for first place. Uh, basically, if he wins next weekend, he's won the championship. Um, and it would have to be pretty catastrophic, actually, for him to not win the championship next weekend. Um, but Yeah, uh, Portland's yeah, pretty much going to be a victory lap for him, I feel like. Yeah, essentially. Uh, and you get to go to that. I am very jealous. I will not be attending this year, unfortunately. I thought I would be, but uh, it did not work out. Because you're going to Vegas instead, right? No, not yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't have that kind of money, uh, and most people don't, from what I understand about the ticket prices. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully next year I'll get to go. That is my goal. Um, we'll yeah. make it happen. Yeah, uh, we'll get a big streamer house. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be cool to do a, a podcast from from the. <laughs> That B and B or whatever we end up getting, uh, live but, from Chicane Grand Sand K. Yeah, right. We do it live. You just hear the cars going by. You can't hear anything we're saying. Uh, yeah, we'll figure something out. That'd be cool to do that next year. But uh, yeah, so that uh, rounds off the IndyCar races that we had for you for this week. Uh, moving into some paddock news in IndyCar, Jack Harvey has been dropped by Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing for Connor Daly, uh, at least for the next race. Uh, well, Jack Harvey's been dropped permanently by them. I don't know. Connor Daly will be doing the next race. I don't know if he will continue throughout the rest of the season or if he is their new driver. 
I would be very surprised if he was their new driver. Uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me um, to drop Jack Harvey for Connor Daly. Um, but uh, we will see how that all plays out. Uh, hopefully Jack Harvey can find a spot with a different team. Um, but uh, as of right now, he does not have a drive for next season. Um, and Connor Daly, we'll see. I don't feel like he uh, mm, necessarily yeah. has earned that spot at Rahel Letterman Lanigan. Um, I'm sure he's probably just a sit-in until they can find somebody else. Um, I think there is a plan to bring Tom Blomqvist in from IMSA uh, next season from from some team, probably Rahel Letterman Lanigan or uh, what was the other one? Was it Ed Carpenter? I don't remember. I think it was Ed Carpenter. Might be. Um, but he uh, for in Toronto. Do you remember? He raced in place of. Um, it was because uh, Simon Pagano is still injured, and we still haven't oh, heard yeah. anything about uh, his condition. I don't remember. Does Pagano race for Ray Hall? Or this is the point where my uh, team knowledge really fails me. It's so much more difficult in IndyCar. Because <laughs> there's big teams, many, there's small teams. Just regular guy names. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So uh, there, there's he races for a team, and Blomqvist sat in for him for one race. I'm sure I've, I've already heard that he's kind of been being talked about around the paddock as being in for next season, uh, which would be very cool. Linus Lindqvist is getting a lot of experience in IndyCar. He's now raced the last two races in place of Pagano, so he could be an option as a sit-in or um, just getting a contract for next season. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's there's kind of a few things floating around right now. Uh, the IndyCar silly season is a little different and kind of a lot harder to keep up with than the F1 silly season. Um, yep. Although, if you keep your eyes on uh, Aaron McLaren, there's always going to be something to poke fun at. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, Alex Pillow has announced that he does not intend to honor his contract with Aaron McLaren for next season. Now, this could mean a lot of things, and I also find this very funny because he did this—he did this exact same thing to. Um... Oh, there's so many team names. He races for Chip Ganassi Racing. That's uh, the team that I know. That's the team that you know. <laughs> just completely blanked on that. Ganassi and Andretti. That, that's what I got. Ganassi, Andretti, Penske. And McLaren. And McLaren. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, Alex Pillow does not intend to honor his contract with Aero McLaren. He did the exact same thing to Chip Ganassi Racing last year in favor of Aero McLaren. Um, Reverse but- Oscar Piastri. Right, yeah, he did the exact opposite of Oscar Piastri, and he did it at the same time Oscar Piastri was doing it too, which was <laughs> it was it was it was wild. That was a crazy week <laughs> in in motorsport news. That was good times. Yeah, we had the whole Vettel retiring, Alonso taking Aston Martin, Piastri rejecting Alpine, Polo rejecting Chip Ganassi, and Ricardo getting dropped by McLaren all within the span of like three days and the F1 community yeah. was losing its mind. Yeah. Um, now look at us, how far we've fallen. Yeah. One needs a little scrap of era McLaren drama and that's it. Yeah. 
so Polo does not intend to honor his contract with McLaren once again. And that could mean a few things. That could mean he wants to stay with Ganassi, which would make sense because he's about to win a championship with them. And why change if you're doing well? Um, or that could mean he's in talks with Formula One teams and has a reason to believe that he will be in Formula One next year. Um, and I can almost guarantee you if he was in Formula One, it would not be with McLaren anyway. Uh, <laughs> McLaren has no reason to drop Norris or Piastri. Uh, in fact, I would see I see both of those drivers staying at McLaren for quite a while. Um, kind of depending on next year, I guess. Piastri, I think, will be with McLaren for at least at least through the new regs. Uh, Norris is going to depend on a few things, but uh, even still, I, I don't see Norris leaving anytime soon. Um, yeah, he's got the benefit of being a young driver with a lot of experience, actually. Yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll talk about silly season stuff a little bit later on. Uh, let's go through these standings in F1 just as a review for now. Uh, in first place in the Drivers' Championship is Max Verstappen. Nobody saw that coming. Uh, second place is Sergio Perez. Third is Fernando Alonso. Fourth is Lewis Hamilton. And fifth is Charles Leclerc tied on points with George Russell at 99. Um, it's kind of crazy to me that Leclerc and Russell don't haven't hit 100 points yet. <laughs> Science hasn't either. Uh, but anyway, uh, Science is in 7th, 8th is Norris, ninth is Stroll, 10th is Ocon, 11 through 15 are Piastri, Gasly, Albon, Hulkenberg, and Bottas, and then 16 through 20 are Joe, Tsunoda, Magnussen, Ricardo, Sargent, and DeVries. Er, well, DeVries is 21st, so excuse me. Uh, hmm. Poor guy. Um, but anyway, uh, going through the Constructors' Championship, in first place is Red Bull Racing, followed not closely by Mercedes. Uh, Aston Martin is in third. Um, Ferrari is in fourth, right on Aston Martin's tail. McLaren is in fifth. Alpine is in sixth. Haas is in seventh. Williams is in eighth. Alfa Romeo is in ninth. And AlphaTauri is 10th. Um, Haas and Williams are tied at 11 points. So that could be something interesting to watch for the rest of the season. Um, yeah. Man, McLaren blew past Alpine so quickly once they got their car figured out. Yeah, once they figured out their car in Britain, it was they're now probably faster than... for Well, they're probably the third fastest car, honestly. Uh, so it's only a matter of time. With as many races left as there are, which one? There's probably about 10 races left, if I were to guess, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, McLaren, I think, has time to catch up to Ferrari and Aston Martin in the cha in the championship. Um, they're 90 points behind. Um, so if they can get a few podiums, get both of their drivers up near the top five for the rest of the races and be consistent and keep being as good as they have been. Um, I could easily see them passing Ferrari and Aston Martin. Yeah, they just the, the big thing it comes down to is they just need like a, con, a consistent pit strategy and they can probably beat Ferrari on pit alone. 
Yeah. I'd say so. I mean, but if you look at their their points in Britain and Hungary, they got 30 points in Britain, 28 in Hungary uh, between their two drivers, which is very good, especially compared to if you look at Ferrari and Aston Martin directly above them. uh, They're hauling in way more points than those other teams. Um, And then you look at Belgium, and they had a little bit of an off week, but that was... That was that was for other reasons. <laughs> um, yeah, they had the sprint race that weekend, and uh, it um, they set up their car for the sprint race essentially, uh, and it was in the wet, and they did really well. Uh, but unfortunately, because of the way the rules work uh, with Park Ferme, and you're not allowed to touch the car, uh, they were not able to alter the setup for the actual race. They bet on rain, and it did not happen. Um, so while they did still come away with a decent haul of points, it was not probably what it could have been if they were on the correct setup. Yep. Um, but I would say with, without any craziness, uh, they're probably going to be doing very well for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, I remember last year after the new regs and Ferrari was fighting with Red Bull, I was like, man. McLaren's never going to get their chance to, you know, take it to Ferrari and really just square up with them and we're right back out of the season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's always like McLaren and Ferrari end up being the, the rival teams, it seems like. Um, yeah. We'll see uh, what happens. Apparently, according to Fred Visser, the Ferrari team principal, um, they're going to be six tenths a lap faster next year. Which, who knows? Oh, next year. Yeah, next season. Uh, oh, okay. So starting next season, who knows that they might get a considerable performance increase, but they might not. It's you don't know until you run the cars. It's it's one of yeah. those things. Um, so they pretty much just written off this season already. It, it seems that way. Uh, next maybe. season will be better. Yeah. But they, they've been saying next season will be better for a long time. Yeah. Um, and to their credit, they usually do get better, but everyone else gets better faster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I can only imagine how good Red Bull's ne- going to be next year. I just, I just, I don't see anybody catching up to Red Bull until the regulations change again in 26. Mm-hmm. Their, their lead is too, too large. Yeah, uh, even if they brought this year's car without any upgrades, they'd still they wouldn't be as dominant, but they'd probably still be one of the fastest cars on the grid. Yeah, and uh, Christian Horner has said that they made sure they're a couple million under the budget cap this season, which I'm sure they <laughs> had no problem doing, considering their lead is so large. They didn't have to. They didn't feel like they had to blow it on development. Yeah. Uh, oh, we so. don't actually need the wind tunnel time. We realized. Yeah, right. Even though they got penalized for it. Uh, so I don't know. There are other rumors of other teams breaking the budget cap. I don't remember exactly which teams it was. Um, I think Aston Martin was one of them. I think it was Aston Martin, Mercedes, Ferrari. I think it was top teams. Uh, yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me because basically you just get a slap on the wrist. Essentially, is the precedent that the FIA set. Uh, with some wind tunnel cutbacks for the next season. Um. But uh, we'll see how that all plays out. Um, I don't. There's nothing. Nothing's known for sure. 
And uh, but we are getting around to that time of year where we got to last season when all the talks about Red Bull breaking the budget cap came out. Uh, so um, if any teams did break the budget cap, I'm sure we will hear about it within the next month or so because it was all happening right around Singapore, which is uh, coming up. So who knows there. Uh, also some news uh, going into the F1 paddock news. I don't have any news here on the script. We do have some rumors though, uh, and it is rumored that Mattia Bonotto is the is going to be the new team principal in Alpine next next season. Incredible. Um, I thought it was a joke when I saw it when Ben <laughs> sent me that sent me that post. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a complete meme, and then I kept seeing it in different, more reputable places as time went on. <laughs> Wait, like, isn't <laughs> yeah? Because uh, on on Reddit. Well, I have to admit that I use Reddit first, but yeah. I follow the Formula One subreddit and I follow the Formula Dank subreddit, which is the meme page that doesn't post serious news. Yeah. And I saw the headline and I thought it was on the meme page, but it was on the actual Formula One subreddit. And I had to like triple check just to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, if that happens, um, <laughs> If they dropped Otmar Safnauer for Mattia Bonotto, that would be quite possibly the worst trace the worst trade deal in the history of trade deals. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, nobody's Otmar... accused the uh, the big wigs at Alpine of being endearingly smart about decisions with the team. No, quite the opposite. Everybody in Alpine is absolutely furious right now at their own management, which yeah. is, you know, the sign of a well-run team. Uh, <laughs> um, who knows? This, I, I don't see that ending well for anybody. Um, I don't, I don't understand why they dropped Otmar. He's, he hasn't done anything wrong. Alpine is not a bad team per se. Uh, I just I don't get it. Otmar has so much experience compared to Mattia, and he has a much better track record. Um, and I don't I don't know I don't know where he'll get a job next season. If he'll get a job next season, if it'll be in development or strategy, or what the deal is. I hope he's not out of F one. I could see him moving to WEC and being a team principal there. Uh, but it's just, it, it, it baffled me that they dropped Artmar so quickly and in the middle of a season. Um, I just, I hope, I, I wish the best for the guy because he's a really nice guy. He's got a lot of experience and he uh, he's done great things in the past for different teams. Um, so, unfortunately... Most of the other team principal jobs are probably pretty sound, except for possibly Günther Steiner. I didn't think about that. Um, mm, yeah. The Haas, there is kind of some drama going on at Haas right now. Um, between Gene Haas and Günther Steiner, they're not very, very much best friends right now from everything I've been reading on the interwebs. So if Gene Haas decides to drop Steiner as the team principal, then Otmar would be, I would say, a very, very good replacement. That would be a massive upgrade. Could you imagine? Yeah, that would be, I think, something that could actually legitimately turn Haas around. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Because, I mean, Otmar has experience working on a very limited budget. 
He did that with Force India for so many years, and they were consistently the fourth or fifth fastest team. So, um, yeah, I think that'd be a big pickup for Gene Haas. And now that I say it and I'm thinking about it, I would not be surprised if that happened. <laughs> uh, that'd be pretty. Write it down. Remember it. Yeah, we'll have to remember that. But Steiner, I, I think Steiner's had his shot at Haas. He's had more than enough years to do what he wanted to do. Um, they've now been a team for, what, five, eight, eight years now, I think, something like that. Long um, enough that if something was going to change, it would have changed. They've been right. through enough drivers and enough different regulations, changes. Yeah, they've, they've had their shot, and Haas is consistently a backmarker team now. Um, Hulkenberg is the only reason they have any points, really, this season. Uh, Magnussen is has dropped off or at least it appears that way um so i don't know we'll see what happens but after saying it i didn't i haven't even thought about that when we hit record this today but <laughs> after talking about it i could i could actually see steiner being dropped in favor of Safnauer. that could definitely happen well now you got me all excited yeah um <laughs> all right now and on to some other silly season predictions uh, i've got this segment for our 2024 driver lineup predictions and uh spoiler alert it's not too exciting <laughs> uh once we get you have to get down to the back marker teams to get anything new for real and I, honestly i think this year just going i, I don't think anything is really going to change much this year i think next year though things are going to really kick off yeah uh, i think we're going to get I think that the big piece of the puzzle is Perez. And once Perez changes, the entire grid is going to change. I am very sure of that. Um, so he's kind of the Jenga piece that's keeping everything in order right now. Uh, and so, Ben, I guess with that, I'll let you go through your predictions for each team first. Okay, should I just say which teams I think are staying the same and then just get right into what I think is changing? Well, actually, let's go one team at a time. We'll do you first and then me. So okay. Red Bull. Red Bull's staying the same for next year. I yeah, don't see bye. them dropping Perez so soon. I think they've learned their lesson in the past from Albon and Gasly. And Perez, just he brings in too much money from so many other markets that haven't been tapped by any other teams uh, that I think they're, they're keeping him for at least one more year. I agree 100%, but I do think that next year will be his last season at Red Bull. Yep, unless he does something really incredible. Yeah. Uh, all right. I agree with that. Mercedes. Mercedes. Uh, also the same. Russell, Hamilton. Uh, I know Hamilton hasn't agreed on a contract as of yet, I don't think. Um, no. But I, they're going to reach an agreement. I mean, Mercedes has gotten so much better over the course of last season and the season that I think he can, he can feel the momentum. And Russell's been a, a pretty strong partner for him. So he's probably staying in place for one or two years more at least yeah uh, the Hamilton thing I'm I also agree just to get this out of the way I think Hamilton and Russell will be the lineup next year um, the Hamilton contract thing is also kind of interesting I <laughs> I said no no paddock news but then I keep remembering all these things um, <laughs> uh, so the the Hamilton contract thing is getting very interesting because it sounds like they want to nail Hamilton down into a 10-year, 200-and-some-odd-million-dollar contract. 10-year. 
Right. So, but but it's different because they're doing they. It sounds like they want to do a thing, like they did with uh, Schumacher before Schumacher had his accident, um, where Michael Schumacher, I should say, because Mick is their reserve driver right now. So not to confuse. Right. Yeah, him, yeah, but, yeah. Um, Mick has not been in an accident as of yet. <laughs> right. Uh, so. Michael Schumacher was a Mercedes driver up until the end of his career. He retired from Formula One, and then he had a tragic accident, uh, a skiing accident, um, and has not been the same since. Um, But not to get too sidetracked, uh, I think what they're doing with Hamilton is they want to have him basically fill the role that he was filling, uh, where he's going to drive for probably a couple more years and then act as more of a team... Um, like mentor, uh, kind of just someone who that who gets paid to be there, who has a ton of experience, who knows the team well, um, who can offer tons of insight. He could be a development driver, um, basically be, you know, just the voice of reason around the team. Um, so they could take some risks maybe and hire some less experienced drivers, maybe some more talented. Uh, some drivers with raw talent but less experience, say, and because they have that experience in Hamilton uh, to help the younger drivers and mentor them in that role. So I think that's kind of what the contract is looking like right now. Um, for, again, from what, I, from what I read, it sounds like it's going to be a 10-year contract with two or three of them possibly being in the driver role. Um or maybe just he drives until he feels like he doesn't want to drive anymore, and then he steps back into that mentor role. Um, but I'm sure that's why the contract is taking a long time to get signed, is because there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, nuances to that that have to be ironed out. But I am sure that Hamilton will not be dropped by Mercedes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and one thing for that is I don't really I can't really picture Hamilton. One, going into another team. Two, really doing any other motorsport, honestly. It's kind of hard to picture him in WEC or IndyCar or any other racing series. Yeah. I mean, I can totally see him starting initiatives and maybe starting up his own like WEC team or something like that. But in terms of him racing outside of Mercedes F1, that's kind of hard to picture. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. It's hard to know what's going on with that contract, but that's what I've heard. And so with all of that kind of weirdness and fluidity that seems to be involved in that, I'm sure it's just taking a lot longer for the contract to get nailed down than um, probably either party really wants. Um, but I'm sure yeah. we'll we'll know more in the next couple months for sure. All right, I'm moving on to Aston Martin. What do you got, Ben? It's, it's going to be the same. Alonso has had really good pace, and he's been a, a really strong face for the brand. And Stroll is Lawrence Stroll's son. So. Yes. Uh, so I am in agreement. I think it'll be the same lineup. But uh, I will say, going into next season again, I think Stroll really needs to start bringing it, or else it's not going not gonna to matter if he's Stroll's son. Um, <laughs> I... Uh, I could see him getting, he seems to be definitely under pressure, especially with Alonzo doing as well as he has been. Um, I don't know. This could just be all for naught because, you know, there's obviously favoritism in that team. 
Um, but uh, I don't think Stroll's seat will be will be there forever for him. Uh, so that will be part of probably my next season predictions. Um, but for 2024, I do think it'll still be Alonso and Stroll. Yeah, I would love to see Albon move into that seat instead of Stroll at some point. I think that'd be awesome. I think those there are apparently talks. Uh, there, there's rumors that Albon has been talking to five different teams on the grid, and I wouldn't be surprised if Aston Martin was one of them. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll talk more about it once we get to the Williams predictions. Yep. All right, Ferrari. Yep, it's gonna be the same. Leclerc signs. Yep. I mean, Leclerc's got that big fat contract. Yeah, but it does run out next season. Uh, so really already. Wow. Okay. Yep. Uh. He's still on his first contract with Ferrari, though, which is kind of insane. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it does run out at the end of next season, finally. But they're already talking about extending it to, like, a 3-plus-2 deal. Um, but anyway, so I don't see McLaren, Leclerc leaving uh, this season, at least. Um, signs, same way. I'm on board with you. It'll be the same lineup at Ferrari next season. But I also do not see signs in that seat forever. Um I'm really excited for the 2025 silly season because I That's think gonna it's going to be, awesome. be I think it's going to be nuts. Uh, Especially with everyone gearing up for right for before the uh, new regs, regulation yeah. changes. They're not going to want to do a whole lot of seat changes before the cars change drastically. They're going to want people to think. be yeah, integrated into yeah. their teams when the cha- when the cars change. So um my pre-prediction That's being a mad dash. Yeah, my pre-prediction is science will go to Alfa Romeo in 2025, which will be a temporary step down, uh, and it won't be Alfa Romeo. Which will be Sauber. It'll be Sauber. So, yeah, it'll technically, be. for these driver lineups, uh, Alfa Romeo will not be Alfa Romeo. It will be Sauber starting next season, and Alfa Tauri will be Hugo Boss Bulls F1 team, which is quite possibly Wait, the worst the worst team name ever. I did not hear about this. When did oh. this happen? Oh, this is a couple weeks old. Uh, I don't think anything's what? been officially locked down yet, but uh, Hugo Boss, from what I understand, is going to be the new primary sponsor for AlphaTauri, and uh, the team, the proposed team name that I read somewhere, I don't know if it was official, an official source, but the proposed team name I read was Hugo Boss Bulls F1 team, which is absolutely wow. atrocious <laughs> that's not good i mean i know alphatari's really been doing a lot of like fashion branding as a yeah. push mm-hmm. but wow that's really bad well alphatari i think is going to be dropped completely from the car uh i think the red bull team will still be wearing alphatari merch um but I think the AlphaTauri line just failed, <laughs> and I think they're trying to, to kind of phase that out. Um, yeah. So I also I don't think they'd bring back Toro Rosso, but... Oh well. I wish they brought back Toro Rosso, especially if the Hugo Boss Bulls is the alternative. Um, <laughs> it's the bad timeline. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> uh, it's like that meme where they say, upgrade, upgrade again, and then it's like, no, go back. <laughs> I said, go back. No. Uh yeah we'll see i don't know what the official name is yet nobody knows yet uh same with sauber we don't know what the official team name will be but i uh imagine sauber will be the primary name Um, yeah but uh yep so moving on to mclaren what do you got um big news it'll be the same 
Yep. It's like a I, pretty young team. Like I hinted at earlier on in the podcast, I do think it will be Norris and Piastri staying at McLaren for quite a while. Uh, I think that is quite the power lineup right there. Um, in terms of driver yeah, pairings, I think that's about as good as it gets. Yeah, Norris got a whole lot of experience with McLaren racing alongside Sainz and Ricardo, uh, and out racing both of them at points. And uh, this season, he's actually been a pretty mature driver. So I think that along with Piastri, like having two pretty young drivers who have been, there have been some ups and downs, but at least towards the end of the season, they'll probably be ending it on a, a good note. So yeah. They'll have plenty of confidence. They'll be young and ready to be with the team and sign many more multi-year contracts for years to come. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, not much to talk about there. I think it'll be Norris and Piastri for a while. Uh, moving on to Alpine, what do you got? That'll be the same too. Um, it, I don't really see. I mean, we really haven't had the drama that we expected or wanted. Uh, last year when you heard about this and heard about all the driver changes. But, I mean, it's been an okay driver pairing. They haven't attacked each other yet, and most of the collisions they've had together haven't necessarily been their fault. Yeah. Um, but I just think there's no alternative, really. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I think it'll be exactly the same as this year, Gasly and Ocon. Uh, the only moment they had was in Australia where they crashed into each other, but again, it wasn't really anybody's fault because there was craziness uh, yeah, on that restart. Yeah, I thought restart. they had one more recently. They might have. Um, I don't know. But I don't, I don't remember anything major. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but again, I don't see any reason for Alpine to change. Um... Williams, what do you got? Williams is going to stay the same for this year, but next year is going to be absolutely bonkers. Yes. Uh, I know I I feel pretty certain that Albon is not going to be at Williams in 2025. Yeah. I don't know about Sargent. I think that really depends on 2024. Yes. I think if he can learn and mature and show that he can be consistent, not even with like, you know scoring a huge amount of points every race, but keeping the car safe and making good decisions. Uh, I think he has a chance to stay at Williams for 2025, but for yeah. 2024, it's going to stay the same. Yeah, I'm in agreement there, and I'm on board with you with the other things too. I don't think Albon will be at Williams past 2024. Uh, and Sargent is, yep, going to ent- entirely depend on next season. Um, if he doesn't improve from where he is now, he'll be dropped. If he makes steps forward... He could have a shot to stay. Um, if I were to make my 2025 predictions right now, I would probably say that Williams will have neither of those drivers in 2025. Um, yeah, the scary part is, I mean, you saw what happened with Haas when they got rid of both their drivers yeah. going into a, a new regulation season. Yeah. And that really did not work out well for them. Yes, but... So, in 2025 i would I, I see them be the same i could see them taking an experienced driver and then uh maybe a rookie uh frederick vesti and f2 is looking very good um and he's in the mercedes track so i could see him being possibly the rookie that they put in there in 25 uh and then if they got someone already on the grid 
uh, who might not have a seat or might Maybe just want to Botas. trade. I was thinking Botas. I was thinking if AlphaTauri drops Ricardo. Um, possibly if Alpine changes, maybe Gasly or Akon, or even Mick Schumacher, as because Mick Schumacher, well, he didn't have the greatest, uh, the greatest of careers at Haas. That wasn't entirely his fault. Um, and I think after being a reserve driver at Mercedes for a couple years, uh, we did see all of the great things that that did for Akon. Akon, I think, became a much better driver after his stint as a reserve at Mercedes. Um, so I could see Williams taking someone like, uh, like, um, Schumacher and then having uh, a rookie. So maybe okay. it'll be a risk, but uh, I don't see it turning out the same way it did for Haas, but Haas okay. kind of, Haas had some, <laughs> there were a lot the of problems. The car a write-off. Yeah. There were a lot of problems that year in Haas and it wasn't entirely down to the drivers. Um, yeah. But anyway, speaking of Haas, let's move on there. And this is where stuff starts to change. Uh, yeah, at least for not me. For so me. what do you got? I think Hulkenberg and Magnussen are going to stay on one more year simply because uh, if there is, you know, a tumultuous time with the team principal, like you're saying, maybe just to stick to changing up team principal and don't mess with the drivers who have been scoring some points better than last year for sure. Uh, and at least getting like development time in the car because the car clearly still needs some uh, edges sanded off. Yeah. Um, but I'm interested to see your your take on that team shakeup. Yeah, so I have Hulkenberg and Teo Porcher. Uh, so Teo Porcher is currently the championship leader in the F2 series right now. Uh, if he wins F2, I think he will get put into Haas. Uh, because if you win F2, for those who don't know, if you win the F2 championship, you're not allowed to partake in the F2 championship the following year, uh, which is what happened to Piastri, um, which is why he didn't have a seat for that year gap. Um, but with Magnussen, in my opinion, dropping off, not being anywhere near Hulkenberg, uh, I could see them keeping Hulkenberg and then taking in Teo Porcher as this young, exciting, really quick driver because Hulkenberg is older, he's in his mid-30s, um, so I could see them having that voice of reason and experience in Hulkenberg, who's also very quick and scoring points consistently, or semi-consistently, I'll say, um, and then having a younger rookie that might might be, you know, there for the transition into the new regs, uh, be there for a good couple of years, uh, just to get his feet under him, um, someone like Porsche. I that is what I see happening in Haas, especially if they change their team principal, counter to Ben's point. I have a if they take Otmar Safnauer, <laughs> I think he would make the change over uh Steiner. I think okay. S- Steiner has more of a I think emotional connection to Magnussen cuz that's kind of in the in the in the good years that Haas did have, uh it was with Magnussen and Grosjean and so I think Right. That's part of the reason why Magnuson came back in the first place. That makes sense. Um, so we'll see. Um, but that would be that is my guess for next season is if Porcher wins the F two title, which it's looking good for him right now, uh, it'll be Hulkenberg and Porcher. 
And then, all right. Magnuson getting sent back to the IMSA zone. Yeah, which I wouldn't mind. I think it would be cool to watch him there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think it's cool that he got another shot at F1 anyway. I think that's pretty neat. Uh, Yeah, ended off on a better note than uh, when he left. For sure. Uh, All right, Alfa Romeo. Yep, so this is my first shakeup. Of course, we're down to the last two teams. Uh, but I have Bottas staying, and then I have Schumacher going in. Okay. And my reason for that is Total Wolf has been very transparent in, look, Mick Schumacher is a great driver. It'd be super cool if somebody gives him a seat for next season. Uh, very clearly, I mean, Total Wolf, I don't know if he's still involved in Mick's career path. Uh, he seems to be. But... He seems to be still pretty heavily invested in that. And the Bottas-Schumacher combo, I feel like there's there's a chance for Schumacher to get a little more experience in a, a car alongside a really experienced driver. Uh, it's not a super fast team, but a seat is a seat. And especially when Alfredo goes to Sauber, I can see them wanting maybe a German driver to go along with their newly Germanized brand. Yeah, because uh, they're becoming so, Audi anyway. Yeah, they're becoming Audi anyways. Uh, so I could see like some strong brand synergy there. Uh, especially, you know, you have the name change, but then you have the, a Schumacher name on your team. Uh, I could yeah. see that being a, a big boon to them. For sure. And it makes it makes a lot of sense. Um, now looking at yours, it makes a lot more sense than mine. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, bringing Schumacher to Sauber with it being a German company... Um, and then turning into Audi in a couple years, uh, I could... Oh, man, this could all work out so perfectly. <laughs> oh, I think you're right, Ben. Um, yeah, so Schumacher going into Sauber. Next to Bottas, who's got the experience. Um, I see Schumacher beating Bottas, no problem, honestly. Um, I mean, Joe is challenging Bottas. Yeah, I don't think Bottas is quite what he used to be. No, but he has experience. Uh, that's the thing, which is why I think he'll stay for another year until the end of his contract, which will be next season. Um, yeah, he's the new Kimi Raikkonen. So this is what I see happening. Uh, okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say what my prediction was. Okay, so I'll just say what my prediction was. It was Bottas and Sunoda. Uh, I I think Sunoda will get dropped from AlphaTauri. Um, yeah for but well we'll get into that but going back to yours um which i think is my actually new one <laughs> now that i've now i'm seeing it and thinking about it um schumacher goes to sauber it's Bottas and schumacher for next season Bottas teaches schumacher a few things but then schumacher beats him Bottas gets dropped at the end of the next season he's out of f1 he's got other interests he owns many companies i don't think he'll even be that sad about it um, yeah, we'll go bicycle racing and drink beer. Exactly. That's that seems to be his every time he has any time off, he's in the mountains in Colorado, drinking gin and <laughs> racing mountain bikes. Uh, yeah. So I could see that being his path. I see him leaving F one. I see Carlos Sainz moving to Sauber in twenty twenty five. So Sauber can become Sainz Schumacher, turning into Audi in twenty twenty six fully. You've got the German driver of Schumacher. You've got Carlos Sainz Jr. 
who Carlos Sainz Sr. has won championships racing with Audi in Rally. It all makes oh, sense. The brand synergy. Oh, exactly. So, and that's and why Sainz all these... Is a solid driver. That's the thing, is, like, Sainz has so many ties to Audi already through his father uh, that that's why all of these rumors are that Sainz has already had pre-contract signings and talks with Audi um, for the future. Uh so that's why I'm so excited for 2025. I think it's all <laughs> going to kick off next year. Um, so my pre-2025 prediction is that Alfa Romeo, which will be Sauber, will become Sainz and Schumacher. That makes a lot of that's, sense to me. That's 5D chess right there. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a really good call on your part, them bringing Schumacher in. Joe hasn't been bad per se, but he's not been anything special. No. Um, so unfortunately for him, I don't see him getting a seat anywhere else. There are some other parties like P1 with Matt and Tommy and uh, a few other news sources that disagree with me and think Joe will be in different places, which is possible, but I don't see him jumping teams. Um, yeah, reserve driver at best, I think. Yeah, probably. So, all right. So that's our off Romeo predictions. I said Batas and Tsunoda. Uh, I think Sonoda will get dropped by AlphaTauri, and that was the only place he fit. I don't think he quite deserves to be off the grid yet. Uh, but now, seeing the Schumacher thing, it makes a lot more sense to me. We can um, share, it's okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, but, all right. Anyways. AlphaTauri, our final team. What do you got? Yeah, I've got Ricardo staying, and I've got Lawson slotting in. Lawson, okay. Yeah, uh, That that was my... So you also see Sonoda getting dropped. Yeah. Um, Especially yeah. alongside Ricardo. That's just going to exacerbate the performance, I think. Yeah. And Ricardo has said that he feels a lot better in that car than he did in the McLaren. Um, so, yeah, my prediction is Danny Ricardo and Alex Pillow, I think. Which I really prefer. I think that's the way more exciting yeah. prediction. Yeah, I think that's... That is probably what it's going to be, especially with Polo up and saying he's not going to honor that McLaren contract. I feel like the only reason he does that is because he already knows he's going to be somewhere else. Uh, and I don't see any other yeah. team taking Polo right off the bat like this other than AlphaTauri. So um, that's my prediction. I do think if it wasn't Polo, it would be Lawson. I, I just don't see Sunoda staying at that team another year. Yeah, and I think maybe last year or something before we really had the Piastri-Norris combination cemented before we knew if Piastri was going to stay or go after a season. Uh, mm. At least the IndyCar going to McLaren was, you know, viewed as maybe a, a roadmap to getting an F1 seat with McLaren. Uh, yeah. Now that's not the case. That that door has been firmly closed. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I can definitely see some drivers that maybe were interested in McLaren before maybe... Not so much, but still trying to figure out a way to get to F1. Which yeah. AlphaTauri would be a great way to do that. I mean, it seems like the the drivers, the three drivers that always were saying that they wanted to be in F1 eventually were Polo, Award, and Herta. And uh, even Award now has said that he wants to stay in IndyCar until he wins a championship. Um, so being between Polo and Herta, Herta definitely will not get his super license this year. Um, no. So, yeah, Polo makes a lot of sense. He's the only one that's qualified. He'll win the championship. 
He'll have two championships under his belt. I think he's done what he feels like he needs to do in IndyCar. Uh, so yeah. with him wanting, and his his dream was always to be an F1 driver growing up in Spain. So I could definitely see the appeal there. And if this is his one shot to get in, I, I could see him taking it for sure. Yeah, and that one championship is nice, but that having two championships under your belt shows that you're not just a flash in the pan, you know, one-off because of some... Uh, like weird team synergy or some car setup that was magically dialed in. But that shows that it's actually you like you're yeah. putting in the work and you're getting it done multiple times. And especially the second time being as dominant as it is in a spec series is insane. Yeah. So I, I honestly think it'd be kind of dumb if AlphaTauri didn't take Polo, but it's still kind of a risk going outside of the series. I think that F1 really hasn't shown any, interest in before necessarily yeah. yeah it's hard to know but uh i think that that makes the most sense to me for them and it's a very exciting prospect uh so that is what i hope happens and that is my i prediction. want that to be how it happens yeah all right moving into that that kind of concludes our driver lineup predictions let's move on to the pit stop championship go through the standings real quick in first place is Perez, second is Leclerc, third is Verstappen, fourth is Norris, fifth is Science, sixth is Ocon. Uh, what happened to all of the... Oh, they are out of order. I forgot to sort them. Fantastic. Classic. <laughs> uh, love it. Um, seventh appears to be Piastri. Yes. <laughs> Eighth is Gasly. Ninth is Tsunoda. 10th is Alonso, 11th is DeVries, 12th is Stroll, 13th is Hamilton, 14th is Russell, 15th is Sargent, 16th is Ricardo, 17th is Bottas, 18th is Magnussen, 19th is Joe, 20th is Albon, and 21st is Hulkenberg. The fact that Alex Albon is doing as well as he has when he's had <laughs> what appears to be like no good pit stops is is pretty insane. That's impressive. Yep. All right, going through the teams, which these ones appear to be in order. Uh, we have Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, Alpine, Alpha Tauri, Aston Martin, Mercedes, Williams, Alfa Romeo, and Haas. All right, um, moving on to the overtake of the week, uh, which is more like the overtake of the first half of August. Um, I give this one to Devlin De Francesco for his overtake on Graham Rahal on the first lap of the IMS Road Course second race, the Gallagher Grand Prix. Uh, it was his overtake on the entire front half of the <laughs> grid. Yeah, it was on Rahal, was what I wrote down. Um, but it was really on like four people. Uh, yeah. he, he went from sixth to first. Yeah, he <laughs> he sent it <laughs> absolutely sent it around the outside uh, in turn one and. It was it was quite simply spectacular. Um, so that is going to be in contention for overtake of the year, I think, at the end of the at the end of the year. Uh, it was very very impressive that he kept that clean, and he almost went off the track. Rahal almost pushed him off the track, but he barely kept his wheels on the circuit. Uh, it was it was beautiful. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so good job for him. We don't see his name pop up very often in terms of, uh, well, just talking about him at all. He's kind of a, one of those in the background guys, but he drives for Andretti, and so he's got, you know, he's got a good team behind him. 
Um, so yeah, good job to him. Um, good to see him making moves quite literally. Uh, all right, moving on to our predictions. Um, we'll go over the results for our predictions for the last couple of IndyCar races, starting with Nashville. Who did you have on pole position, Ben? Man, this did not go well for either of us. No, I had Dixon on pole. Yep, and I had Erickson, and it went to Scott McLaughlin. Uh, podium, what did you have on your podium, Ben? I did have Pillow, so that was cool. Uh, but then I had Dixon again, and I had Grosjean. That did not work out as well. No. Uh, however, both of them did do very well at that race. Then uh, I had Erickson and Pillow and Herda, and... The actual podium was Kirkwood, McLaughlin, and Pillow. So we both got Pillow right, uh, but did not get the other two. And then winning... Bold of you to put Herda's prediction on a, a track with walls on it. <laughs> yeah, I, I see my mistake now. <laughs> um, winning number of pit stops. Oh, man. I had, I had four. And I had two. And can you guess at home how many pit stops was the winning number of pit stops? <laughs> it was three. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought there would be more carnage and more pit stops under yellows just because you could. Yeah, and I thought street circuit, it'll be two pit stops, but no. Three pit stops. It was stops. a mix of the both. Of course. Um, all right, so that's Nashville. Let's move on to IMS2. Uh, who'd you have on pole position? I had Polo on pole. And I had O'Ward, and pole went to Graham Rahal, which I'm sure not Neither a lot of people Neither of us could coming. have predicted no. Um, all right, podium. I had Herta, Power, and Lingard. I was. Nice. I really. I feel like Herta always does well at these, but he hasn't really done that well at them. No. Uh, I had Pelot, Lingard, and O'Ward, and uh, the po- the podium was Dixon, Rahal, and O'Ward. So I did get O'Ward right, but uh, the rest were were wrong. Um, yep. I'm okay with being wrong. It's, it was cool to see Rahal get that podium for sure. Um, all right, winning number of pit stops, what did you have, Ben? I had four. And I had three, and it was three. So Finally. I get that point, yay. <laughs> uh, do you have, that That runs off our uh, weekly predictions, do you have any words of wisdom for us, Ben? I think I do, this one's kind of off the cuff, but I've been looking for truck tires. Uh, mine are about 30 to 40% of their life left and it's it's getting pretty close to winter and with the amount that i'm driving i think i'm gonna need more but i keep looking and you know they're like there's some really cheap tires you can get believe me but it's it's so worth it getting nice tires if they're quieter uh they last longer generally depending on what kind of tire you're getting uh like there there's so many benefits to getting like nicer name brand tires uh and especially for winter, if you have a truck, like getting the triple peak rate, it's, it's super worth it. Get ones with a good warranty. Um, and don't neglect your tires. Don't want them to go bald. You know, swap them out, even if there's still, you know, 20% life on them, 25% of the life. Especially if you drive in a place where it's really rainy or really snowy. It's very nice to have tires with tread on them. Awesome stuff, Ben. So, I don't really know where I was going with that, but... <laughs> Yeah, tires are important, I guess. Yeah, we'll Works go with that. Out. Good thing for uh, good words of wisdom for a racing podcast. Everybody yeah. go in to get a pit stop before the winter. Uh, get yourself some fresh tires all season. 
Cool. Uh, see what you did there. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, you can do it a uh, Formula E sponsors. style. Do it Formula E style, where you have the same same tires for the dry and the wet conditions. Yeah. Uh, or other Formula E style, where you just have a different car in the garage and you swap to that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's a little expensive. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, good stuff, Ben. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys so much for listening to this episode of RevHang. If you enjoyed it, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on. It really helps us out. If you want to see updated standings for IndyCar and F1 or a calendar of upcoming racing from all sorts of different series, check out our website, RevHang.com. If you have a question about racing or about us, hit us up on Twitter using hashtag RevHangPodcast, and we may feature your question on the next show. You can follow Ben on Instagram at BenjiMeetsWorld and myself at 2N underscore squared. You can also follow our page at RevHangMedia on Instagram. We'll be back in a week to talk about the Formula One Dutch Grand Prix, but until then, I have been Nathan. It's so close to back. Just hang on a little longer, guys. What? Oh, I was, like, so close to being back. Just hang on a little longer. Like, Oh, yeah. That one is... <laughs> <laughs> What have I done? <laughs> I had no idea what you said. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Well, yeah. See you guys later. <laughs> later.